Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Welcome to Episode 6 of the Prison Care Podcast. What is positive prison culture? Sabrina here, so glad you could join me today. At Prison Care Incorporated, we talk a lot about the importance of supporting positive prison culture. What does positive prison culture even mean? Well, culture can be defined as the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. So, Prison culture refers to the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of the people who coexist within a prison facility. We are going to do some episodes in the future that specifically explore the arts in prison, so we're going to set that one aside for today. But what about customs, social institutions, and achievements? Well, let's break it down together. Customs within a people group are the expected ways of doing things, the usual. A handshake versus a fist bump versus a hug versus a kiss. What's the customary greeting within the people group that makes up your family, for example? When we first connect with a group, we observe the customs and tailor our behavior in order to be accepted, understood, and respected. If I come from a family that is very demonstrative and always kisses hello and goodbye, I am likely to make everyone uncomfortable if I greet my more reserved husband's family members with lots of physical affection, right? There's a complex series of customs within prisons, and the hardest part about learning them is that they are not written down anywhere, they are not universally agreed upon by the people in the prison neighborhood, And the possibility of offending others accidentally is high, as is the cost for behaving inappropriately. There are expectations for who you talk to and who you don't, for how you talk to the people you do talk to. There are rules about how to share things in the facility, how to ask for information or clarification. On and on, the customs take time to decipher, and when someone is new to a facility, They are wise to observe very carefully, to learn as much as they can, as quickly as possible. One of the tricky things about prison is that there are two opposing people groups who have created the established customs, the incarcerated residents and the correctional officers, or COs. Following the expected behaviors of the longtime residents may mean behaving in clearly offensive ways to the COs. The us-versus-them climate creates a no-win situation. If you are an inmate who walks with a distrustful chip on your shoulder and a scornful look on your face as you look at the cops, they're not going to think you are a person worth connecting with, worth investing in. But if you are an inmate who goes out of your way to be sure the cops see that you do everything they want you to do, that you are on their side, well, then the other residents see you as a traitor and will treat you accordingly. 
An important piece of creating positive prison culture is gradually establishing new customs, new usual behaviors that respect the humanity of each individual on the tier, no matter what uniform they wear, and following those customs with consistency, patiently giving this less oppositional attitude a chance to become familiar to the people around you. It is subtle, and it must be gradual. Change is hard, and changing custom feels threatening to some people. Creating new customs takes a lot of patience. If culture includes not only customs, but also societal institutions, then a positive prison culture will call for healthy societal institutions. Okay, what? (laughs) A societal institution is just a fancy name for a group of people who link arms in pursuit of a goal they agree on. So inside a prison, we need to find ways for people to work toward goals they share, regardless of the uniform they wear. The assumption is that there are two groups, the incarcerated residents, whose goal it is to do their time with as little hassle from the cops as possible, and the COs, the staff, the administrators. Their goal is to make sure count clears twice a day. That means no one dead, no one escaped, no violent incidents. But there are so many more goals to pursue, and many of them actually cross the boundaries between inmates and staff very naturally. Let's take rehabilitation, for example. Good staff members actually want to see residents turning their lives around for the good. They want to feel confident that a person is ready to be released into society when their sentence is complete. They want to find success stories in their days at work. But the negativity of their environment is such that they quickly lose any hope for success. They can't risk trusting a resident, it's too dangerous, and there are indeed residents who will manipulate them if given the chance. A surprising number of residents, however, actually want to turn their lives around for the good. They want to feel confident to go into society upon their release, skilled, prepared to hold a respectable job and provide for themselves and their families. They want to live lives that are not characterized by deceit and violence no matter what they've lived in the past. They have been humbled by their circumstances and are ready to live in a new way, if they can learn how. But how exactly is a CO supposed to be able to tell the difference? Who is genuinely trying to do right and who's playing games? A prison is supposedly a societal institution in which most of the people share that common goal, the rehabilitation of offenders. Sure, there will be some knuckleheads who refuse to turn in a new direction, uh, but the purpose of sentencing someone to prison is to keep them separate from society at large and give them time, resources, and education to make it possible for them to emerge different, stable, committed to living a good life. Unfortunately, with the toxic culture in place in most facilities, the shared goal gets completely lost. So, We've got new customs that need to be established. We've got societal institutions that do actually exist inside the walls, but that can't be recognized and utilized without reducing the negativity, the distrust, and the manipulation. And how about achievements, that other part of culture? Well, as most prisons operate now, what is an achievement for the staff is usually something that stomped out a problem. And 
probably a whole bunch of residents as well. What is likely to feel like an achievement for the residents is someone getting away with something behind the backs of the staff. <laughs> it's all a game of win-lose, lose-win. Until a prison neighborhood can find some win-win achievements to pursue, the culture will remain toxic. Does all of this sound very heady? <laughs> in our next episode, we're going to talk with Jay in a much more practical way about how changes in customs in groups and goals, and in an understanding of achievements, can take a prison culture from overwhelmingly negative to increasingly positive. He'll share stories that help all of this heady stuff make some more sense. But the core idea in all of this is the idea of what I call culture creation. Jay has another way of referring to it, and he'll explain that in our next episode. But I call it culture creation. Most people live within a culture and they follow the cultural expectations, but they don't look for ways to create culture. Culture creation is intentional. It will not happen without someone choosing to do something different from the way it's usually done. It's not just being different for different sake. It's being different on purpose in the hopes of reaching a different result this time. It's thoughtful. It's respectful, it's patient, it's consistent. Culture creation is possible. The creation of a positive culture within a prison is possible. It takes work from every angle, residents and staff alike, but things can become different. The prison systems in countries like Norway, Germany, the Netherlands, and even the UK have embraced philosophical changes in the last two decades that have yielded really encouraging results. Healthier and happier correctional officers. Fewer people returning to prison after their release. Life is improved across the board. The data is there. Culture creation in prisons is possible. But what about on a small scale? I mean, the United States has not embraced philosophical changes yet, like normalization, dynamic security, and the centrality of human dignity. Those changes in philosophy taking root in the highest levels of the prison system in the U.S. may still be a long way off. What about here and now? Well, small changes in vocabulary made by a single resident in a prison can have a surprising impact on the culture. A resident who decides to incorporate virtues-based language into their everyday conversation will spark curiosity among the other residents and the staff in charge of their tier. For example, the simple introduction of the word respect as a core vocabulary begins a subtle shift in the culture. I respect the way you refuse to get drawn into arguments. The way you work so hard to keep your cell clean, that earns my respect. Man, I wanted to lose it and run my mouth, but I respect myself too much to say things I will regret later. I really respect the way you listen to people. It's subtle. It's not choosing sides. It's offering respect wherever respect is earned. And it's acknowledging respectable behavior with words. It's creating a new custom. The verbal acknowledgement of respectable choices on the part of residents and staff. Because behaving in respectable ways is better for everyone in the neighborhood. 
And how does a resident decide to make a vocabulary change like this? That is where a prison care or pen pal encourager or mentor comes in. Maybe it starts when I write to a resident and ask them to tell me about a moment in the past when they felt really good, where they were doing something they love and that they are really good at. And perhaps they write back and tell me about a time when they had a clunker car and no money to get it fixed, but they knew they were pretty good at seeing how things fit together and work. And they ended up taking everything apart, putting it all back together again, fixed the problem and got another two years out of that old car. My next letter simply says, I have so much respect for that. I am intimidated by mechanical things, but I really respect people who see something broken and decide to try to fix it. Now the groundwork has been laid. I can choose to encourage my pen pal to respect themselves. To express respect to others around them when another resident does something awesome. And maybe to eventually, in a totally sincere and appropriate way, express respect to a cop who is doing a hard job well. It sounds so small. But if it takes that facility one tiny step closer to greater mental and physical health, to lower recidivism rates, to less violence, to more growth, that one tiny step is enough to matter. It's worth my while. Does it sound like I'm suggesting the things that we teach in kindergarten? (laughs) Take turns, share your toys, don't call names, stop spitting on each other. These things should be obvious. Why should grown-ups need to be encouraged, empowered to respect themselves and others for Pete's sake? Well, here's how one incarcerated friend put it. Every day takes all I got. No effort feels small. Those of us on the outside don't have a good sense of how exhausting it is to serve a prison sentence. We imagine boredom and it sounds relaxing, right? Residents experience a boredom that feels like suffocating. We imagine food, shelter, and clothing provided and think how nice it would be to not have to worry about how to buy groceries, how to pay the rent, or what to wear. Incarcerated people experience constant scarcity of food with no way to supplement unless someone on the outside will add money to your books. They live in a neighborhood that is so dangerous they can never let their guard down for an instant, where they can't choose who is going to be less than six feet away from them while they are sleeping, and where they search for some way, any tiny way, to feel like they're actually wearing clothes, like they've dressed themselves, because prison-issued clothing is dehumanizing. The basic effort of getting out of bed for another day of incarcerated life is overwhelming most mornings. To expect them to enter this system at what is likely the lowest point of their life, to adjust to the new normal, to do that without a friend who would help them along the way, and then to find the extra energy and focus to look for ways to build up the spirits of the people around them, (laughs) that's a taller order than we realize if we've never lived it. To really listen to another person when they're annoying you. To be patient when you feel like you will literally die if there isn't a change right now. 
to extend grace to someone who's having a bad day and spewing it all over you. To say a complimentary word to someone who is often majorly on your nerves. I mean, these things are hard for all of us. For people who are incarcerated, the attempt seems almost impossible. They need our encouragement. They need to borrow some of our hope, some of our strength, our grace, in order to make the little differences on their unit. A positive prison culture is one in which each person has value. Where those in authority are still recognized as people. People who should be given the benefit of the doubt when they're being difficult because maybe they have a sick kid at home. Where residents are able to prove themselves trustworthy over time. Where an explanation is asked for before a write-up is issued. A positive prison culture is one in which the answer isn't just a longer and longer list of no's, because somebody abused that opportunity once, so now no resident can ever have it again. Where good questions are good questions, they're worth considering no matter whose idea it was. Where everyone tries to remember that being misunderstood is painful and exhausting, so we take a breath before we pass judgment. And how does prison care support positive prison culture? Well, maybe a CO who knows that they're appreciated in the community where they live and shop will be a little less frustrated when they pull into the parking lot out front each morning. Maybe they'll start the day a little less irritable. Maybe a resident whose pen pal just told them what an encouragement their last letter was will remember to offer that same kind of encouragement to somebody else on the tier today because that resident will be feeling the power of good words flowing through their veins. Maybe a case manager who hears about a, hmm, never done it before idea for art or CrossFit competitions or the production of a play will be willing to consider the idea because they've noticed an uptick in the attitude of respect and personal pride on that unit lately. See, we on the outside have the chance to infuse individuals with encouragement, appreciation, friendship, and respect. And they, in turn, can begin the beautiful process of culture creation. They'll be fueled by the care we have offered. Maybe it sounds like kindergarten lessons. But for so many incarcerated people, they are indeed starting over in life. We can offer them a leg up in that intimidating process we can help. As our time draws to a close today, let me tell you just a little bit about what you can expect on upcoming episodes of the Prison Care Podcast. The next episode will be the inside perspective on what positive prison culture looks like, sounds like, feels like. Jay will join us and he'll share stories from everyday life that give us a better understanding of the power of simple things in creating culture. Don't miss that one you'll be inspired. I want to remind you that the overall goal of this podcast is to encourage listeners to think, to care, and to respond in compassionate ways that can have a positive impact on the overwhelmingly negative culture inside a prison's walls. We welcome your thoughts, your stories, your questions and suggestions. Please drop us a comment on the contact us page at prisoncare.org or send an email to info at prisoncare.org. 
The Prison Care website offers an ever-growing library of always free, downloadable PDF resources, curriculum to help people like you get the hang of impacting a prison in supportive ways. Please visit prisoncare.org, take a look around, offer us some feedback, and oh, share the site with your friends. You know, we all have a lot to learn. And even tiny efforts in the right direction can accomplish more than we might think. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters.